This is Gray. This is Mel. This is Liz. And this is Chris. We want to welcome Chris Fedak to the podcast, episode 105 of Chuck versus the Podcast. This is actually our second last podcast, and it's a great privilege to have Chris with us. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, and uh, we, I mean, it is amazing to think, actually, it's as we're recording this, it's over a month has passed since the Chuck finale, and yet it still feels so fresh. I remember our, our finale party here in Toronto, and, and uh, I mean, it's de- definitely a testimony or a testament to how awesome those last couple episodes were. But we have so many questions. We had 700 questions submitted for this podcast, and we don't have time to ask them all, but we're going to get right to it, and Mel's got the first ones. Okay. Five minutes. No. <laughs> um, yeah, since since um, I kind of got thrown under the bus on this one, but I did it on purpose. Since I'm the one that heard the most about the finale from the fans, so um, I get to ask you the really the really tough one. Okay. So you know, we do the the annual fan survey after the shows mm-hmm. the season's over, and we ask people, you know, what did you think about the finale and the final episode? And the majority liked the finale, and mm-hmm. The majority actually liked the last scene, but there was a significant chunk that said that the last scene was too ambiguous for them, where they were disappointed not to see the the dream house and, and the baby and the living happily ever after. So mm-hmm. I kind of, th- those were the bulk of the questions that we received had to do with that. So I'm going to, I kind of compiled them into what I'm pretty sure the fans would ask if they got to sit here in my chair. Sure, so. Absolutely. All right. So first of all, what made you decide to end on the kiss instead of, for example, a flash forward or, or Sarah saying, I remember what were you trying to convey with that, that last 30 seconds? Oh, I think I love the idea of Chuck and Sarah falling in love again. You know, I love the idea that in some ways, you know, in Chuck's tradition that our finales are also in some ways a preface for uh, a future story. And Chuck and Sarah has always been a love story. And the Chuck show has always, in some ways, at the heart of it, been a love story. And we felt that there was something incredibly kind of moving and about the idea of Chuck and Sarah falling in love again. And that idea of them, you know, that, you know, Sarah, that we, we set up pretty, pretty firmly that those memories are in there. That there's the, you know, that the, that, you know, deep down, you know, there's a, you know, Sarah's past is floating around. Um, but we also love the idea of them kind of falling in love again. So that's where the, um, uh, that's why we ended on the kiss and we ended on the promise of the kiss. And I think that that's um, uh, something that we knew we were going to do pretty early on. And I think that that was much more satisfying than simply going to, you know, the, the aha moment of, of Sarah remembering. Um, I love endings that imply more story. And I know Chuck and Sarah, even though they won't be on NBC Fridays at 8 p.m. or Mondays at 8 p.m., they will in some ways have a great new future in front of them. And, mm. um, uh, I, and I, that, that's something that, you know, I like to imagine, think about. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, and I think that that, I think that that, that, that moment from the get-go, even when we pitched, um, NBC at the end of last season, we were heading toward that moment. We were heading mm-hmm. to this, 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 this story. And I think that it was also, for me, when you look at those last three episodes, 
And you see where, you know, we set up early in the season what the intersect does to a person's brain. We set up a Morgan, you know, the memory loss component. And, I, and then when we brought Sarah into it and we, we, we went down that, that rabbit hole of her losing her memories, I think that a simple kind of snap moment would have not, would have been, would have undercut a lot of the good and great work and also a lot of the amazing performance that Yvonne brought to that as well as Zach in those final moments. I think that mm. uh, it's amazing when you have a show, when you're able to take the biggest thing in the show, the stakes of the show, um, into the very last few frames of the finale. And I am, uh, that was something that, you know, we wanted to do. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's the long winded feedback answer. But, um, uh, but, um, uh, it was, um, uh, it was, it was designed that way. So you never in, even considered doing a flash forward to to show them in the future. I can, no, I considered everything. I mean, listen, I, the other thing too is that when you on the Chuck writers, you know, Josh and I and everybody who's worked on the show were total nerds. <laughs> so we we you know when we when we knew that we were heading toward our finale and that this would be the final moment of the show, the the stakes were daunting because we really felt that we had to we had to do something special and it had to feel different from what we had done in the past. But it also had to be emotional, and we knew that it would we would fold down to what was the core of the show. It was the Chuck Sayer relationship. What if he doesn't get the girl? Um, and for me, you know, I, when I talked to Zach and Yvonne on set, it's like we realized it's like there was what were the what was the thing you could what was the thing that could not go well? What was the thing from the from the very beginning of the show of the guy the guy getting the girl and the guy got the girl in season three. But what happens if he doesn't get the girl? What if we open up that question again? And so for us, that was the biggest thing. Because, you know, there was probably, you know, any pitch where Chuck and Sarah die at the end or Sarah dies at the end or Chuck dies at the end or someone, you know, or it's it's some other kind of, you know, you know, type of finale. That wasn't really the stakes of the show. The stakes of the show were this relationship. This was the biggest piece of the puzzle that we could, that we could address and, um, uh, and uh and deal with and we it was it was the, those so we we wanted to tell that story we wanted to fold everything back to Chuck and Sarah and making the relationship and you know using the intersect like we had done with Morgan earlier in the season was you know was the way to do it so the first 11 episodes of the season we saw Chuck and Sarah were were frequently talking about and making decisions about leaving the spy business, about buying their dream house, about having children. And then we don't actually see any of that happen in the finale. So were those supposed to be clues for what was going to I think that, you know, what, what those were set up for was, was the scene from, you know, the penultimate episode, the first hour of the finale, where -hmm. it's essentially Chuck has learned all these secrets about Sarah's life, the house with the red door, you know, the picket fence and so much about her life that, that that's where we were heading. You know, we were heading to the point that he would know so much about her that he could sit her down and, and say, you've told me all these things. It couldn't have been simply a mission. And mm-hmm. so that from a structural perspective, like set up and, uh, you know, that it was, it was building to that moment, to that speech from Chuck that, Zach and Yvonne just destroyed. I mean, oh my gosh. Emotionally, it's a riveting scene and, and um, uh, the episode was written by Judkins and LaFranc and it was, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing moment in the show. And so that's the, that's very much the, you know, the, 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 the seasonal, you know, kind of the, 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 
the B side to that setup. I mean, going forward, like, you know, what you imagine the future of Sarah and Chuck doing, it's like those, those are also things that, you know, that, you know, they may find themselves, you know, heading toward and mm-hmm. doing. And, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a big, exciting future for them. Do you have a, an image in your mind of what happened after we faded to black? No, I'm not telling you what I think happened. Oh. I wouldn't do that. Come on. No. Well, see, I think a no. lot of what the discontent among the fandom is, and, and again, this isn't everybody, but it is a significant number of people, is that they don't feel like they got real closure. And mm-hmm. there are those of us, and I think all three of us on the podcast have are on record saying we wanted to be able to imagine our own future for them. So we really liked that. But there are others who say, you know what? I don't have a good imagination. I needed it to be shown. <laughs> I needed them to say this is what was going to happen. Yeah, I, so- I need to. I need to just cut in because I. I know I've seen this on Twitter. We're not insulting anybody's imagination. Um, no, but no, they come right out and said, "I don't have a good imagination. <laughs> I needed to see it." <laughs> I think, I think it was, we we knew pretty early on we weren't going to do a flash forward because I also don't know what a flash forward is really just from a um a, just from a for for us and what we the story that we were telling that it feels like a like you're, you that that we would simply be trying to answer you know just kind of we would be checking off that they are fine and they lived happily ever after and. I, I, you know, that was a, that was the type of, that type of ending, which is, is a totally cool and legitimate ending for another show. You know, mm-hmm. I think that for us, Chuck and Sarah kissing at the very end and, you know, fading to black and, and knowing that, you know, that the, it's the beginning of closure mm-hmm. is, is much cooler and much more evocative and much more, much more of a heavy moment than than simply saying everything's fine and you know and 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 there's an epilogue and 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 and, and that's it. That's not that that's not what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That's that yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a beautiful way to end it, but I felt like I had to um, you know, bring that up because there are still those oh, that Sure. Yeah, you know, a month later they're saying I just can't move on. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I can't just, I just can't get past this. And to me, that says, so that was some good writing right there. That was some good storytelling. If it's still with you, you know, it's still. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's the thing. It's like, I think, you know, for me and what made the Chuck Sarah relationship so important, um, such an important part about the, the show from a big perspective from the, from the entire thing. And it was something that, you know, that, that the writers and, and Yvonne and Zach and, and everybody who worked on the show is that that it, it made people passionate. People had a mm-hmm. passionate feeling one way or the other. So from the writers' room where we would yell and scream and 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 argue to you know Zach and Yvonne and how they figured out the you know how they would address their performances and how they would you know build that relationship that that people were passionate about it. And so for fans who you know for five years you know that would would they felt strongly about it and felt strongly about which way we would take something the negative and the positive. Um, I feel like that was the show working. You know, I think that that was, you know, I would much rather our fans have been passionate, even when they thought we were going the wrong way, than nobody caring. And I mm-hmm. think that, 
I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that, which is like, it's a big, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, type, type experience, type feeling. I think it was much more exciting to work on a show where, you know, there was that, there was that spark and that spark that we could see as we were working on the pilot mm-hmm. between uh, Zach and Navarro. Oh yeah. Oh man. Their performances in those last two episodes, just, I mean, <laughs> Amazing. They've given powerful performances before, but those were just spectacular. They let out all the stops. It was, it was, you know, we would, we, we, we were, uh, we were blown away when we were watching them do, the, do you know, perform it and as well as an edit bay. And, and, uh, we got together with the, uh, the, we did cast and crew screening, um, right before the episode aired. And it was, you know, everyone was blown away by what they brought to those scenes in those two episodes. And just the, um, uh, the epic emotion, because I think that you, you learn, we, we learn in television is, it's not the movies. We don't have a hundred million dollars per episode, hmm. but I have actors who belong in a hundred million dollar movie. Uh-huh. And so we knew, you know, it's like, you know, and thinking about that final scene on the beach, we knew we could do a beach and Zach and Yvonne and them in close up and them kissing was going to be, you know, was going to be magic in our version of Chuck magic. Mm-hmm. That's a stupid term. Please don't use the term Chuck Magic. <laughs> oh, I see fan fiction being written right now titled <laughs> Chuck ah. Magic. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I think we've exhausted that topic. So we yeah. have more. And I know yeah. you have limited time. So, Well, let's uh, let's move on to Decker and Quinn. Um, Liz, do you want to take these ones? Sure. Well, Anthony Connors, um, he wrote and asked a question during the final scene of season or during the finale of season four, Chuck versus the cliffhanger, mm-hmm. Clyde Decker had, a, had stated that everything that had happened to Team Bartowski had all been part of a much larger plan. Season five seemed to take this into another direction and never really revealed such a grand scheme. Were there initially other ideas involving this? And if so, what were they? Um, should, uh, were there other ideas? Sure. Um, I think that by the time that we got around to, in the first half of the season, when we got to the notion of the plan being the designs of, um, Brandon Routh, um, and, uh, Shaw's Revenge, we knew that we had to structurally do that because it was, we had to, we had to answer what the plan was because we wanted to then transition the season, um, with episode seven to, Excuse me, with episode eight to being about Sarah and Chuck and, and, and the second half of the season. So there was, there was other talk of like what the, what the plan was. You know, there have been, there was talk quite a bit about we, we wanted to come back to Jordana Brewster at some point. Um, and, but when we started looking at the fact that with the ratings that we were going to only have 13 episodes, that's where we began to, to make the, where the plan which we always imagined would have a Shaw component to it. That's when we boiled it down to Daniel um, manipulating Decker and being the person behind the plan. Mm. Okay. Well, Jason wants to know, was it the plan to bring Quinn in for the final four episodes all along? It almost seems like Shaw was to play a larger role from all the setup of the first half of season five. Was it an actor availability issue with Mr. Routh? No, not at all. Um, we we wanted to do we wanted to close off the Shaw story at the beginning of the season. I think you know in season three when we had um, Daniel come back at the second half of the season, that seemed that seemed fun and clever, and it was cool to bring him back to life. And 
and have and have Brandon play a bad guy because Brandon is a bad guy is amazing. Mm. Yes. You know, he's, he's a great muhaha, and <laughs> and I, I I I I love them in the part. But I think that we were looking at this season to do the same move. You know, bring him back and then bring him back again. I think that would have been a little too much. Um, but the episode seven with him and Sarah in the cold is huh. just an outrageously cool episode. And what our production team was able to do with that episode was, was just super neat. And the intensity was, was incredible. So no, we always knew that we were going to bring in a new bad guy in the um, uh, last couple of episodes of the show that, that we would, we would, uh, we would create another person. Mm-hmm. Well, John from Sweden wants to know how long had Nicholas Quinn been plotting against Chuck? I think Quinn's, I think Quinn is, you know, it's like when I was thinking about parallel courses that, you know, it's like Quinn's been working in the spirals for quite some time. I think that after season four that, you know, you can imagine that Quinn had set his sights on Chuck Bartowski and you can kind of see him slowly but surely. You know, if we go back in time and do the backwards math with his encounter with Morgan during the frosted tips phase, um, that he was um, uh, narrowing in on uh, Carmichael Industries and Chuck Bartowski. So had he been working like for five years to figure out who had the intersect? No, no. Okay. I mean, when it comes to Quinn, I mean, Quinn's backstory is that he was originally going to get the intersect, that he was the guy who was selected for it. However, um, you know what happened was he, he, you know, he didn't get it, and then his career was ruined because he was captured on the mission, and it kind of set him spiraling toward the dark side, um, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but the 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 he's also been kind of the opposite of Carmichael Industries in the past four years, watching his client base, Fulcrum, The Ring, Volkoff Industries disappear because of. This very small um. operation, and that brings Quinn back to Chuck Bartowski. Mm-hmm. We, um, uh, you know, one of the things about the Chuck Show is that uh, we always have longer cuts of each episode, and and um, uh, um, the um, uh, Quinn Quinn actually had quite a, quite a few monologues that um, uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. weren't able to make it into the show just because, like you know, it's um, uh, it's a uh, it's, a, it's 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 always the, the it was always the challenge of the show to kind of you know get all of the good spy stuff as well as the good comedy stuff and sometimes a bit of his backstory fell out. Cool. Are you well, going to put that on like the complete series Blu-ray edition? You mean you mean the uh, uh, the one that's coming out soon? We no, like all all five seasons together. Can you expand all of the episodes for us? Can you get on? <laughs> yeah, you have free time you know, now. It, it, it would be kind of impossible. Sometimes, like those long versions of the show, were just incredibly long. You know, they were mm-hmm. just they they would have felt different and 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 kind of out of character with the show if we had released you know the you know the uh, you know the, the 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 version that's ten minutes over eight minutes over. So I would say that you know if you look at the show, there was usually a version that was maybe a minute or two over. That allowed us to do everything and to kind of milk everything that we wanted to do and have every joke that we wanted to do. That would have be that would be cool to to have that version, but it just doesn't exist. It's like oh. the show is always in a kind of a fluid place when we're working on the cuts, and they only they only really existed as computer files. Now for the finale, we do have a long version of the finale that'll be on the DVD, which was something that really neat and was something we always kind of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be some really cool extra moments that um uh, that we weren't able to include in the finale. Cool. Awesome. And moving on, we're going to do some questions about the intersect. Linus. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Linus asks, is the DARPA intersect the only information only intersect or the intersect 2.0 information and abilities intersect? 
because Chuck's last flash didn't have the traditional kaleidoscopic tunnel effect that 2.0 had. Um, I, my, my feeling was that it was, it was a new version of the Intersect, so that would have put it in keeping with, you know, having abilities in there as well. Mm-hmm. But in that final flash, Chuck's having an informational flash. It wasn't like we were sitting and saying he couldn't, it was an ability flash. It was more like, it was like, this is like an old-fashioned flash. This is one with simply information in it. Okay, so so we can call it a 3.0, and that was just the uh, 1.0 compatible flash. Sure. Okay. I get it. <laughs> I'm I'm certain if we got out the flow chart, which I've put away, guys, uh, uh-huh. we would realize that there was 14 different intersects, and this would have been 14.2. But um, but it wasn't it wasn't the fact that he flashed on information doesn't mean that there weren't abilities. <laughs> okay. Were you serious? There's 14 different versions of the intersect. I, I, I'm being only I'm being half serious, which is how okay. I usually handle things. Yeah. Because um, I didn't count that high when I was tracking them. No, sweet lord. Uh, and uh, and Brian Barker asks, I would very much like to know which version of the Intersect Chuck, Chuck uploaded to himself in the finale. Um, oh, okay. yeah, sorry. We we basically just answered that. He he wants to know if he knows Kung Fu, and I guess we established that he does. Um, I, I, yes, yes, I would say he does. Cool. And uh, Edric asks, um, in the finale episode, Chuck gets the Intersect again to defuse the bomb. I was wondering, does he still... Oh, okay, uh, some of these are repeating. Uh, Anthony asks, it was always implied that Chuck was unique and one of the only people who could handle having an intersect without repercussion. However, Mm -hmm. in the fifth season, it seemed like anyone could handle being or having an intersect as long as it did not have a bug or a virus. Um, Why is that and did that change? Well, I think that when you look at, you know, the people that had the intersect in them outside of Chuck, and just using the three examples of Shaw, Sarah, and Morgan, it really did not help the, you know, those, those people were not well served by having the computer inside their head. Mm. Um, you know, Shaw, if anything, you know, was, you know, bent on, on revenge. And for, for Sarah and Morgan, it, you know, it wiped their memories. And you know, there certainly was a flaw, um, inside the intersect. But like, you know, I, I don't think when I look at it that, that, that Morgan and Sarah were like, you know, were, that it was like a that the intersect was fantastic for them. That you know Sarah Sarah did great, but she burned out. And also, even look at Chuck. It's like Chuck was he had was able to keep the intersect in his head for quite some time. But you know, for you know, in season in season three, he needed the um uh, the governor. The, um, uh, the gov. Thank you. I was about to say the inhibitor, and I was like, no, that's not it. Feedback. You look like different. The governor. So I think that the, I think the intersect, you know, and this is something that when we started working on the season of the show, that we were really kind of interested in the idea of like, what if the intersect, you know, what if the intersect's not a good thing, you know, in regard to what it does to people, and especially if it you, if it becomes the, using the example of the Lord of the Rings, you know, if it's the Ring of Power and it's this thing that you know affects people in such a way that it, it, it's fascinating to watch what happens to Morgan and what happens to Sarah. But I think that Chuck is special. And I think in the end, it's like, you know, he's the one person that, you know, can can handle both, you know, you know, our Frodo, if you will. Mm. Yeah. And since we had some duplicated questions, I'm going to throw in one of my own. What was the significance of Chuck's um, early accidental flash uh, when he was a kid? You know, I think that I think that what it was was it was the beta. I mean, this is a very early version of like his father's intersect technology. And I think that you know, when you think about it, it was like there was no information and there was no spy intel inside of it. But it's something that should have hurt his son. 
It's something that, you know, if Chuck had looked at those screens and had that, that, that Stephen J. Bartowski, when he rushes into that room and sees his son, he thinks he's just cooked his, you know, cooked his brain. That, you know, that Chuck's not okay. And when he realizes that he's okay and he was able to, you know, survive it, he, he's kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of setting up that there's something special about Chuck. That there's something, you know, he's, you know, he's got a big old brain and he can handle, you know, he can handle this futuristic technology. But, um, uh, that was, that was kind of an answer to our first two seasons of the show. Like, why was Chuck so great with this? And also the idea that, Maybe this this technology wasn't perfect for James Bond. Not that James isn't smart, but it was perfect for a uh, for for a guy who's a bit more of a nerd. Mm-hmm. Cool, uh, Mel. Do you want to take the next section? Yeah. Speaking of nerds, Chris T from Toronto said he wrote in and he said, you know, Chuck the character really hits close to home for me. Just like him, I'm a proud video game and techie nerd. I used to work at a major electronics store, and also just like Chuck, I somehow got the girl. Um, he says uh-huh. similar similarities go further, but I digress. He says, I know having an everyman become a spy was always part of the original concept, but why a nerdy everyman? And how much did Zach's personality influence that character? Well, Zach's personality definitely influenced it. It was a big deal. I mean, I think that when we worked on the pilot, you know, we, we, we wrote the script, but, you know, not knowing that Zach would play the part. But, like, when you saw him on set, you know, playing video games with Morgan at the CompUSA where we shot, you know, where we shot the pilot, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, Gomez and Levi, you know, playing video games, but you realize that he was going to have an incredible influence on the show as well as the kind of, um, the reality of it. I was about to use ver- verisimilitude, but I always trip over that word, mm-hmm. but I, that he was going to speak to that, um, and that he was going to inform that character in a big way. You know, it's funny, when Josh and I first sat down to talk about the show, um, I think it was it, very soon after we started talking about it, you know, the, the idea of like the regular guy is that we came up with the idea of the Best Buy, that the Best Buy and the Geek Squad concept, and that we would that we would create this thing called the Buy More, and that he would be you know the head of the nerd herd, and that seemed like just like a fun, colorful world because it's just you know when you when you when you think about TV and you're thinking about like what sets you want to see and what worlds you want to go to. We hadn't seen a show really set in one of those big box stores, and we thought it would be a fun and colorful world, and 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 that's why, that's why we kind of, we you know that Chuck became that guy, and also seemed to fit in really well with you know this is a day and age where you know every man, you know and woman we're all geeks to one you know one extent or another because you know we have all these apps on our phone and we have you know little computers that follow us everywhere, so I think that. The everyman of it all is that the everyman is heading more toward the geek than the geek is toward the heavy, the everyman, and um uh, and that was um and then Reaper came out, so we had two big box store shows. So <laughs> <laughs> well, we know who won that. Oh, it's not uh, a winning thing. I actually am a oh, fan of Reaper. Yeah, it was pretty good. Well, in the context of character development, how did you approach Chuck's? progression to adulthood this is a question from glenn k and i think what he's meaning is did you did you kind of map it out ahead of time of like these milestones that you were going to have him hit i think that we pretty much worked off of zach's hairstyle you know <laughs> um, um no but, but listen it, it was it was one of those things that were early on zach was like so when do i get to shoot somebody i was like never and he was like what <laughs> You know, and that, that, that was, at each step along the way, we were like, this is the show, isn't the show about the guy who becomes Jack Bauer in episode three, it's about the guy who becomes Jack Bauer, you know, actually shoots somebody in episode 13 of season three. 
Um, and I think that that was, that was always going to be a big part is that we were going to slowly step through the progress of Chuck, you know, kind of manning up because this show was always going to be, it was a quarter life crisis show to begin with back five years ago when people were using that term. But, <laughs> you know, we wanted to watch that process kind of like step by step. So all along the way, you know, we were, we wanted to see what, that this each moment was going to be a big deal from, you know, Chuck shooting somebody from the first time going on his first, or even going back, boiling it down even further, to going on his first spy mission, being in peril for the first time, you know, it's like being taken by the bad guys, you know, and, and also this Chuck Sarah relationship. So for us, you know, we were in some ways going, let's, let's milk every one of these moments and see, cause like, you know, that's what life's like, you know, it's like these are all big moments. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to jump past anything to the first kill. Yeah, because that would be, you know, we'd be missing something. And we'd also be changing the character too quickly. But I also think that, you know, the amazing thing about Zach's performance as well as everybody that worked on the show, but Zach specifically is to watch that the guy who's on the beach at the end of the show is not the same guy who, who, um, uh, who, who was, you know, who was in the, the, in the, from the pilot. He's, he's matured. And the fact that he's, what he says to Sarah, is it's just going to be there. He mans up in an amazing way. And it's not a moment of like daring do in action or anything along those lines. It's him emotionally telling the woman that he loves that no matter what, he'll be there for her, however she needs him. I think you're a romantic <laughs> at heart, Chris. Yeah. Oh, I'm total romantic at heart. I, it's funny. It's been a discovery. It's like when we first started working on the show, I think that, um, uh, you know, we, we, we love the big explosions and, and comedy and stuff like that. But I think that, uh, the, 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 the revelation of the show is, is it's, it's about, it's a love story. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Liz, do you want to take the next section? Yeah. Speaking of love story, everybody's got a, a love affair going on with Sarah. And, um, we had a lot of questions, people wanting to know, um, well, upset fans who feel that the amnesia storyline erased five years of character development for Sarah. Do you agree with that interpretation of the last two episodes? Oh, by no stretch. No, I don't think so. I think that, well, two things. One, I, I think that, um, uh, I, I think, we, we, you know, like I said before, we hinted the fact that, you know, that the, you know, you know, there's drips of her memories coming back. And two, that she's changed in quite a big way, so that the Sarah who's on that beach in that moment with 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 Chuck is telling he's telling her their story is is a different person than the Sarah Walker from five years ago, as well as the Sarah Walker from the beginning of the penultimate episode. And that was something that you know we we you know Chuck versus Sarah we wanted to we wanted to push that. So there's like wrenching moments throughout that episode that we really wanted to kind of like you know to push their relationship and to see how far, you know, Sarah would go, you know, when she thinks that Chuck's the bad guy. So that was some, uh, so no, but I, but I, I don't think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a uh, five years of character development, you know, lost and, you know, you lost in those last few episodes. I do think, and for me, it was one of those, like when we watched the show and we watched the cuts, you know, I look at it differently because I know where we're going. You know, it's like, you know, we kind of address it that way. And for me, the moment when the train splits apart and Nicholas Wooten's episode, um, that, um, uh, um, the Chuck versus the bullet train, when the train splits apart and Sarah's in the wrong car and she's looking out and the, the, um, that moment of her looking at the, through the window and Chuck looking through the window and the train splitting apart is a huge moment. 
And I, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it, it felt epic to me because I knew that we were not going to simply give our characters an easy out. That this was an epic moment between Chuck and Sarah, uh, the Chuck and Sarah of who they are and what they've built. So I think that the stakes are very real, and and for me, it's one of my favorite moments in the season, just because. I think that when you watch it again, you see like this is, you know, this is, you know, so much bigger than some of the, even the death scenes that we've done on the show. It reminds me of one of the moments I have a hard time watching. I had a hard time watching when we were working on it, which is the death of Stephen J. Bartels. Mm-hmm. So I do understand when fans say they feel like, you know, they feel like that wrenching anxiety and it's about, about, about Sarah. It's like, yes, that's what we intended to do. That's the emotion that we were going for. But I do feel that the hopeful finale and the hopeful ending that, that of that beach scene is a, is, um, um, doesn't fully answer and doesn't fully, you know, give you the four years after, you know, Chuck Sarah and the baby at the house. But it's the, it's the beginning, it's the germ, it's the, it's the spark of hope going back to the pilot. Well, I think if you if you think of Sarah from the pilot or even from the end of season two when they were on another beach, that yeah. that Sarah, if Chuck said, I love you and I'll be here for, for you, she would have run. And this Sarah didn't. And that seemed to me like a really critical point as far as, you know, those people that were saying this isn't this is, you know, pre season one, Sarah. I don't think exactly, so. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think Sarah Walker? Would, you know, it's like, it, 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 I mean, it's an inversion of the, of the, of the pilot scene. But do you think Sarah Walker would, would have even asked Chuck for the story? It's like, we knew that that tension was something that was going to be at the, at the heart of that, the final episode. That Sarah would in some ways be resisting the idea that Chuck has all the emotional answers. But, by the point, the moment she asked to t- tell me the story, she's saying that emotionally she's beginning to re- feel this connection. And I think that, 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 that moment in that final kiss is the, it's the more important part of it. It's not the fact that she remembers everything. It's the fact that she feels it and she feels, mm-hmm. yeah. she feels this moment and she's asking for Chuck to kiss her. And I think, and, and, and to hear the story. And for us, that emotional memory, you know, was the, was the, was the, the aha moment. Mm-hmm. That was my yeah. aha moment. It yeah. was, it was, <laughs> I totally got it. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was amazing to watch those guys do it. I am, uh, um, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, Divine from the Philippines says she wants to know at what point during the life of the series did you realize that the Sarah Walker character had as much, if not more, of a compelling character arc and journey as Chuck Bartowski? And were you surprised about how the audience responded to her? No, I think that, I think that, well, I think I wasn't surprised by how people responded to her because, you know, we knew we had something pretty special in Yvonne and what she was going to do with the part as we were even watching the pilot being filmed. Um, I think that for the, 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 you know, in season two, we, we meet her father for the first time. And I think that we, we just began to really enjoy that character because she was the opposite of Chuck in some ways that she had come from this very kind of exciting big blockbuster world, genre world of spies and whatnot. And so for us, it was, you know, it was a fun thing to take that character and explore her much like we were exploring Chuck. You know, Chuck's Peter Parker being pulled into a much bigger world or Luke Skywalker being pulled into a much bigger world. Sarah was already there. And I wanted to, I, I, I and the, the rest of the writers, you know, we wanted to see why she was the way she was. And so for us, it was um uh, it was a fascinating character to explore and you know um, and uh, 
I think that um, uh, Yvonne was an amazing actress to write to. She, yeah. not, you know, she could convey so much simply with, you know, just with her looks and, 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 and also, you know, you know, imagine she's the, she's the, the same girl, uh, girl by, by which I mean woman from the beach scene is, you know, is the, is the, the blonde female you uh-huh. know, monster from phase three. <laughs> Um, speaking of, I, I do, I, I do, I do, I do. My one of my one of my favorite writer moments is like we we all loved writing all the the characters. Some people had their their passions. Kristen Newman had passion, and you know, Kristen Newman and Allie, and I think Lauren Lafranc, and uh, you know, especially we're very passionate about Sarah. And I remember we were in, we were in the uh, we were getting notes from our executive at Warner Brothers about um, one of the Sarah stories we had come with, and the, and the the, the executive was very excited. You know, she was like, I'm just so, you know, Sarah's so fascinating. This is such a great character. And, I, and Lauren LaFranc was sitting across and she just kind of whispered to herself. And everybody could hear it. It's just like, yeah, she's the best. Sarah's the best. And I was like, it was like, that's the kind of like, almost like every once in a while our show would kind of tap into like the shows we loved as kids. And I think that I'm a, LaFranc kind of, you know, kind of spoke what we were all thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dwayne wants to know um, if you can give a specific example of something Yvonne contributed that originally did not come from the writer's room, if anything. Oh, interesting. Oh, I have to think about that for a second. Something that didn't come from the writer's room that Yvonne contributed. Well, in, in some ways, I, I, you know, it's like the, 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 there's a give and take when you're working on a show between your cast and your writers that, you know, that you... you you want to make yourself available to because the actors are living with these roles. So it's always a conversation as we're kind of talking about things and, and, um, uh, and, uh, um, 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 and seeing where they, what, you know, what the actors are excited about. We were, we like to think about those things as well. I do remember that it was absolutely, you know, we definitely had to bring the cat squad back in the finale of season four. Yvonne, well, yeah, pretty much necessitated that. So, yeah, you know, but you know, we, we we talk about everything. Every every part of the show we was a conversation. So I'm uh um I'm certain there was tons of stuff that she brought to the character even before we um, uh, came up with it. Okay. Well, Christy has something um rather lengthy. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. She says, I'm a huge fan of the Sarah centric episodes. They're among my favorites. And, but over the years, I think there have been some inconsistencies incons- or confusion regarding her CIA timeline. Could you map out how things unfolded? No, no I'm not mapping anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're done with maps. I, I have done. a timeline in front of me of the, of Sarah Walker's career. I have Langston Graham's file on Sarah Walker. Um, I, I mean, I can try to, to to put something together. I have to think of it, but I'm uh, um, I what, what what was the what, what's the just the question? I didn't mean to j- jump in there. Um, I'm trying to read ahead here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 if it's a matter of seven days, I'm not going to be able to analyze that. You know, no. I don't have her entire. No. Um, <laughs> from being recruited by Graham and changing her name, um, oh. then. Recruited out of her, it's it's uh, yeah, it's a big timeline. Mm-hmm. It is a big. Well, the, the Sarah Walker timeline is a rather epic timeline, considering the fact that she was recruited from high school by Graham, went to work for the CIA, and then I guess the it's, is there a, and I without my flow chart, which <laughs> I, which I've hidden away somewhere, I would uh, you know, I'm not quite certain what the discrepancy is. I think I don't. I'm not sure either because I think she's kind of got it. Lined out, 
because she says recruited by Graham, changes her name, mm-hmm. um, joins Cat Squad, is partnered with Bryce. Bryce goes rogue, mm-hmm. so she has to go with Riker, and that situation happens in Prague. And then she severs ties with her mom, and then the next day she's assigned the Burbank mission. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. right, Christy. You already had it. <laughs> I already had it. Done. Cool. Answer. You know, question answered. Cool. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to move uh, probably a little more quickly. Um, and uh, we don't want to give short shrift to Casey, but uh, Judy from Toronto has some questions about Casey. Casey evolved into a real father figure as the show went on. Was that planned mm-hmm. from the beginning? And did Adam Baldwin play a role in its evolution and McKenna Melvin as well? Um, it, it was planned that we wanted to see what we wanted to see these characters become more human. We wanted to see them kind of we wanted to see Sarah and Casey kind of put more into this the world of everyday people and see them become in some ways like fuller, richer kind of people um, because of Chuck, because of the Chuck mission. Um, did we know exactly that we were going to go down the road as a father story? No. Not from the get-go. But as we kind of got into it in season three and we started working on our, car- our Casey backstory, that's where the father side of the story went. And that, you know, we knew that, you know, that we wanted to, to set up the idea that he had this relationship. And that, you know, once we realized that there was a daughter, that was something that, you know, we thought was going to be an incredibly poignant moment in an episode that would most likely be one of the middle episodes in our final season. But then we got more episodes. So, so... What that meant was is that we had to go back and look at that episode um, where we meet, you know, Casey and his. We, we learn about his backstory um, and that he has a daughter, and we had to look at McKenna Melvin. And this is one of those moments, and we were working on a TV show where it's like McKenna had one line in that episode, and we were we were nervous. It's like you know, it's like let's bring her back in so she can read for this much more expanded part that we kind of designed for our penultimate episode uh, in season three. And she came back and she was wonderful. She mm. was just fantastic. And then as we, we shot the episode, we were like, we love McKenna Melvin. Let's write more. So season four and season five, you know, the Morgan, um, the Morgan Alex relationship was, you know, became more and more important. And a lot of that was based on the fact that we liked, we liked writing for McKenna and we liked what she did with it. And she was funny and emotional and great. Um, so that's one of those little, and not, not, and it's not an accident because like, you know, I'd like to think that we, you know, we, we knew what we were doing all along, but it's one of those things where it's like you, 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 sometimes when you're working on a show and you see something really pop and it's really exciting. Like, you know, it's like Timothy Dalton is the bad guy is wonderful. Let's bring him back. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the kind of, that's the, the magic of working in TV of like going, let's not kill that character. We might want him to come back into the show. <laughs> um, and that's something that, that's something that I'm, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, so there was, it was certainly an evolution and it was definitely, you know, part evolution, part happy accident, part something that we just wanted to do. Cool. Yeah. That was an amazing storyline. And you could tell that the two of them were just, they put, they, there was a, there was a chemistry there that, you know, people usually think of the romantic, on-screen relationships when you say that, but those two had amazing chemistry. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Adam was Adam was incredible this year. He had the amazing romantic relationship with Gertrude. Yes. Very mm-hmm. Moss. Just like, it was outrageous. And then, you know, it's like the, his, the father's story has, has been one of the most poignant things that we've done on the show. Um, in our longer version of the finale, you actually, um, uh, we have more Casey at the end. Awesome. We had to turn back his goodbye to the show, considering the length of it. 
we I think going off on the hug was was great. Um, mm. but there's even more in the um, uh, in the expanded DVD. Mm. Cool. Okay, well, this is another question that um, I think is going to be answered on the DVD, but it's one that came up a lot, so I decided we ought to ask you directly. Um, uh, Ashley actually submitted this on behalf of a lot of people. Given that Ellie has been a mother hand to Chuck for the entire series, why did she and Awesome just leave all of a sudden while Sarah was still still had amnesia? Because we saw her kind of help bring Morgan back. So is there... It kind of feels like there's maybe a scene missing where they talk about why she's not going to help Sarah. There, there was an expand. The, the one thing is that there was an expanded version, like when Sarah and, and um, uh, Ellie are in, in that final moment. There was a longer version. I'm not quite certain if we include it in the direct in the not director's cut, but in the expanded version. Um, um, the, the they talk more about mm-hmm. about you know Ellie's future. And, 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 and why Ellie's going at this exact moment. And mm-hmm. I think that for Chuck, it's like, he can't imagine his sister making another choice in her life where she's limiting her opportunities because she needs to mother her brother. That's mm-hmm. something that he couldn't, he, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't let happen. And so Chuck has to, again, going back to the notion of him manning up in those final scenes is that it's not about spy stuff. It's about him being a, a good younger brother and a good man and saying, Ellie, your future is in Chicago and this great opportunity. And this is what you need to do. You can't be here to kind of, you know, kind of to, to, to fix my wings so I can fly again. Um, you have to, you have to follow your own dream. I'm a guy. I'm a man. I'm a man now. You know, I'm all grown up. And I think that was the, that was the, 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 the that's the important thing in that moment. And I don't think Chuck would have wanted his sister to stay behind and to, you know, feed him chicken noodle soup until, you know, Sarah returns. <laughs> that's not the, that, was, that yeah. was the Chuck of, like, that was the Chuck of the first, you know, yeah. the first, right. you know, of, of life up until this point. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you guys ever think about having Ellie upload the intersect? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. There was definitely a moment where we, we, we considered, um, uh, cause Sarah Lancaster, um, you know, is, is, is fantastic and, and can do, you know, so much more in regard to the action and spy side of the show. So there was, there was certainly a moment, um, even in season four when we were kind of considering, um, uh, kind of moving Sarah, um, Sarah Lancaster, Ellie Bartowski more into the spy side of the show. Then she got pregnant and that was, <laughs> yeah. I threw that off a little bit. Um, and then on, in, in, in season five, you know, there just wasn't enough time to kind of do that story and the kind of get into that side of the story. So we, you know, we, we kept it just Morgan and Sarah, but there was, there was certainly a point with, with Sarah Lancaster that, you know, we just wanted to do more. And, um, uh, um, I think that, uh, you know, if we had gotten more episodes, that's something we probably would have explored. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Well, looking back at some of the other characters that have run through the show, were there plans for Kristen Krug's character, Hannah, to be more than her four episode arc? That question is from Matt Showalter. No, it was always going to be a short arc on the show. Um, we didn't want to do the, and she's a spy with Kristen's character. We wanted it to be, we wanted it to be a, an emotional, very much on an emotional level and also a, um, a, a counterbalance to the Shaw character who was definitely very much strictly tied into the spy world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, JD wants to know, what was the overall atmosphere like when you were shooting the warehouse flashcard scene in Bullet Train? It was, it was pretty intense for us. Um, it was, you know, that episode was, uh, it was, um, uh, directed by our, uh, the Buzz Feitchens, who's our, um, uh, DP on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did an amazing job. Um, usually when we're doing super intense stuff like that, it's, 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 it's very, you know, very much very relaxed. Um, you know, right up until the moment when the actors are actually doing the, the, the super intense thing. So, you know, uh, Yvonne and Zach, um, and Yvonne in those action moments, she's amazing. It's like you're talking to Yvonne and now she's Sarah Walker. Um, so, um, uh, usually I, I wasn't there, I wasn't there on the day when we, um, uh, we shot the warehouse scene, but I'm certain it was, um, uh, it was probably something like that. Angus McFadden, who plays, um, uh, Quinn, um, also brought an incredible energy to his performance. So it was, um, it was very much a, um, uh, it was a, it was a very, those final couple episodes with him were very much, you know, a very kind of, um, electric, you mm-hmm. know, kind of quality. Yeah. Um, Dan wants to know what's your favorite Lester line that still makes you shake your head and think, I can't believe we got away with that on broadcast TV. <laughs> oh, Lester line, broadcast TV. Um, I love him talking about shugging the tank. It's not, it's not outrageous, but I just love him. I haven't shugged the tank in days, but, um, <laughs> I'm certain there's, I'm certain there's much better. Um, Lester lines that we've done. Um, um, the, you know what? I think that, uh, Gefeltic Fish Curry was pretty amazing. Mm. And, uh, Kristen Newman's episode, the, um, uh, Chuck versus Bo. Yeah, over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. It was. <laughs> it was. That was a hoot. Even though Mel didn't like it. I did! Well, the fish stuff, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty gross. <laughs> I I don't do fish. I just ew. I always think of rush hour when I think of that gefilte fish. <laughs> oh. uh, Ryan D wants to know: Did you ever think about introducing us to Morgan's father? Um. Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that we it was something that we would bring up from time to time. Um. But I don't. You know, it's, it, it, of all the big stories that we wanted to explore, it, it, you know, Morgan's parents kind of. Uh, we loved Morgan as kind of like the the extra brother in the Chuck Ellie relationship. So in some ways, I always kind of imagined that Morgan was was pretty much from the get go hanging out with Chuck a lot when he was a kid. So um, uh, the more he felt like a brother, the happier we were. And I think that when you brought in the parents, it was always kind of like it felt like a different thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to move next to some trivia, and uh, we might have to. Oh, <laughs> Just, just for Melanie, I might have to skip a few of these. I'm going to start with um, a lot. A lot of people asked, "What was Sarah's real last name? Did she ever reveal her full birth name to Chuck?" She never revealed it to Chuck in the show. Right. Um, she did say, "You know, but um, uh, but but if your question is, am I going to reveal the name now?" The answer is. No. <laughs> um, um, I was, uh, but yeah, but I'm, uh, but no, she, she never, I mean, truly reveals it in the show. The only thing I did, the only thing I was, the only thing that, like the whole name thing became such kind of a hot potato of sorts, especially when we came up with the Sam name, um, that, that it became, is that well, there's a moment in, in, um, the, the, 
the Sarah versus the baby episode where she's talking to um, the little girl um, that her mom adopted, that she saved um, from Molly. Budapest. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to Molly. And um, she's talking about her dog and how she had a dog when she was a kid. And I really desperately wanted Sarah to say, and the dog's name was Sam. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> so it. Uh, I, we totally shot it too. Um, and, but it was, it, it seemed to be overly confusing and Lauren LaFranco and I were, you know, she yelled at me about it and, but I was, that was, that was my, that was my like, I don't care about the name. It was just something that the, the, the dog, it was the dog's name, but that was, uh, in the end we said, uh, it, was just, it was already a long episode. So we, we, we kind of pruned it back. Uh-huh. Cool. And now Larry asks, tied to that, why did Sarah tell Shaw her real name? It was the dog's name. She wasn't really telling him the real name. Um, right. There you go. I put it all together for you. Um, you know, listen, in that moment where, where Sarah tells Shaw, you know, that going back to season three. So everybody put on their season three caps for a second. <laughs> you know, kind of get yourself, you know, back in the season three mood. Um, you know, she was, you know, this is a moment where Sarah was wounded. You know, she was going to Shaw because she, the safe harbor that was Chuck Bartowski was, wasn't there anymore. He had become a spy. And for her, she, the person she could talk to was the person who was a spy and the person, you know, was Shaw. And that was, you know, that was a, she was vulnerable, vulnerable at that moment. And um, uh, that's why she confided in Shaw. Cool. But it may not have been her real name is what you're telling us? It was a dog's name. (laughs) (laughs) And, and Rebecca asks something that we were all surmising about. Um, Stephen J. Barkowski was killed, and there was a direct reference made to the fact that there was a regeneration chamber right next door. Um, uh-huh. And so she asks, is Orion still alive, and were there plans to bring him back if the show continued and Scott Bakula's schedule allowed it? Um, I would, I would totally, we did bring Scott back for a flashback, but I think that for me and Josh, um, we, a thousand times in the writer's room, that's not a thousand times, many times in the writer's room, we came up with cool ways to bring, um, Stephen Jay back to life. That was certainly something that we kind of, we mulled from time to time. And every time it was always like, it's mo- so much more important that he's actually dead. That this mm-hmm. is a character that that is a real moment that when he dies in his son's arms, um, that that's a real moment. That's a, that's that that really happened, and that we weren't going to take that apart by simply bringing him back to life and saying, "Oh, there, aren't we clever?" I think it kind of goes to the same thing with Sarah's memory. If we had merely snapped our fingers and Sarah had all her memories back, then it would have been. I think those three episodes would have been, uh, it it would have felt like a wank, and I think that that's that's we definitely didn't want to do, and that's why Stephen Jay is, you know, dies in his son's arms with um, uh, Ellie watching from afar. Well, then it, it later it drives Ellie in the Shaw arc. Yeah, no, it's like well, we we also as we worked on um, uh, um Peter Lauer and um, uh, directed the episode. Uh, episode seven, um, the, 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 the Christmas suit, the Santa suit, and written by A.K. Schumann. And the, um, we knew it's like, it's like as we worked on those final moments that it would be Ellie, you know, that would take Shaw out, you know, that that mm-hmm. was, 
you know, was a necessary moment, and that was something seasons in the making mm-hmm. um, for her. And I am, uh, I'm very happy we're able to do that. Yeah, I totally dug that she was the one that got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, um, unfortunately, we're going to have to miss some of these questions because we do have to move on. And Mel, do you want to take the DVDs? Yes, I do. All right. Um, you've already talked a little bit about what we're going to get in the finale. Could you Can you elaborate on that a little bit more, the extended finale on the DVD? You know, on, on the, uh, the extended version of the finale, there's a couple of things that are kind of inter- that are quite interesting. Um, we have a – I think the biggest one is definitely the extended version of the Casey Good- Goodbye. Mm-hmm. The Casey Farewell was something that was maybe it was certainly the hardest thing to to cut from the episode, and it's a really kind of sweet moment. So I think that I'm a, I think fans will dig that. There's also more um, of of um, uh, of um, just small bits and pieces throughout the episode. You know, of um, uh, the final Jeff and Lester and Big Mike scene has a little bit more. And Mark Christopher Lawrence, who only has one scene in that final episode, was really hilarious. So, but we had to trim him back. Um, you know, to make time for, for NBC, even though we got an extra minute. Um, mm-hmm. but he's fantastic and we have a couple extra lines, uh, from Mark. Then, um, uh, also on the date sequence when we're in uh, Germany, we have a little bit more action during our uh, dance sequence. Mm-hmm. And then we have a, um, uh, an extended version of the El Compadre scene, which, um, uh, we shot at El Compadre with the Chuck and Sarah's first date. Mm-hmm. Um, from the pilot, we have an ex- extended version of that scene where Sarah kind of goes on and elaborates a little bit more. About her, her feelings in regard to Chuck and, um, uh, the memories that she's lost. I think that that's, all that stuff is, 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 um, uh, is really cool and neat. Um, and just, you know, further expands on, like, what's happening with the characters. It's a, uh, mm-hmm. there's a, um, uh, you know, there was something we couldn't fit in. Oh, or maybe we did. And just tell you, yeah, that, you know, Morgan mm-hmm. tries to get Sarah to remember by putting together a montage for her. You know, kind of organ montage. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, that was, um, uh, that was also something that was just, like, everybody was just, you know, everybody was so good in the finale, but it was just hard to, you know, make those tough decisions. And, um, uh, and, you know, each episode is like that. You're going to be losing stuff when they break in the, we won't have this one, but when they broke into the DARPA facility and in, in the penultimate episode, there was a, there was a running joke where there was actually an iPad, uh, iPhone, what six or something like that that morgan steals and he's like playing with all the abilities on it yeah you know, and it floats and levitates and it does all this cool stuff um so we had to um, uh we had to we, had, we were always losing little bits and pieces like that yeah uh, i i know that there's supposed to be commentary on the season five dvds was that recorded before the finale aired or after right before it aired i think um uh, okay. we can record it and it'll be um, Zach, Josh Gomez, Josh Schwartz, and myself for the uh, final two episodes. Wow. Awesome. Oh, that's cool. going to be so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there's been some rumors about the complete series Blu-ray set. I haven't been able to get them confirmed from Warner Brothers yet, but um, I, I think we're all expecting there to be one eventually. Do you know if there are any plans for um, anything either in that set or in the individual sets with like collector's items or anything like that? Some people were asking you know, I about don't, I, I, I know that they talked about it. I don't know. I don't have any more details in regard to like, a complete series set. Um, but I wonder about some video has always been a big fan of the show. You can see from like yeah. the crazy extras that they've included. There's also like, we have, we have some amazing extras that were shot by the team at Warner Brothers Home Video and, uh, and put together by them. And there's, a, and there's an amazing, um, uh, kind of, 
farewell to the fans from the Chuck cast that they we shot during the final episode. And it's 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 incredibly moving, and I think that I'm uh, I think you guys are going to get a real kick out of it. Are we going to yeah. cry? <laughs> I think I, I think there's going to be some tears. As you, as you can see, when we worked on the finale, we were a mess. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of emotion. Everyone was a mess, and there was um, uh, there was a lot of crying as people were typing in the computers. So, <laughs> um, you know, but it was still it was still it was still a great time. So, yeah, I think you get a feel for what that was like. Cool, very cool. Um, Chris, a lot of fans are asking about merchandise. What kind of what can you tell us about what kind of merchandise we can expect to come out from? Like, uh, oh, I don't know, orange orange outfit or. <laughs> Trading yeah, cards. Action figures. How about yeah. how about the chart, the flow chart that Chuck had? The, 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 you mean the, the the spy chart with all the Fulcrum stuff behind yes. it? Yeah. What's funny? I, I'm in my office right now, and it's it's somewhere in here, and I can't. I, I have all my stuff. It's a big mess, but I'm uh, it's somewhere here in this office right now. But I am uh, I I don't know if we am uh, I know it was available online, but I I, I don't know what the the, uh, the original one is still actually pinned behind the Tron poster. Wow. Uh, um, but, uh, the, uh, I think the, the, the NBC, the NBC store in, in New York actually has quite a bit of, uh, Chuck stuff. Um, and my favorite, my, my favorite, I think that, you know, they've been working on t-shirts and stuff like that. I think that's really fun. My favorite bit of merchandise still is, there's a t-shirt with the, um, a large mark pig, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a cartoon version. It says, I'm buying whatever he's selling. And I think that's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> the fact that we had a big fly down a um, uh, a, a, um uh, air shaft with a fireball behind it was um, uh, certainly one of the craziest things we've ever done. <laughs> wow. Uh, we'll, we're going to move on to the All About Chris section. No! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, we and, already know you're a romantic, so yeah. there you, you go. can skip over that too. part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Richard asks, about half of the Chuck cast and crew are on Twitter and love to tweet. Why are you in the half who doesn't? Well, that's a very good question. You know, I always get nervous when it comes to um, uh, to, um, uh, to uh, tweeting and whatnot um, and um, uh, Facebook and and. and, and, and and technology as a whole, which is kind of funny coming from a guy who <laughs> wrote a show about a geek. Uh, I'm still getting, I would say this, I'm still getting used to email. Um, I am, uh, I am, uh, I guess I just have a degree of anxiety when it comes to like, so who's going to read this? It just, you know, goes right out into the world. It's kind of like a, it's incredible, you know, it's, that's incredible to me. You know, it's uh-huh. like that, that, that someone would be interested in those thoughts, but. Yeah, you know, I, I do enjoy I do enjoy the people that, that that have fun with it. And Schwartz is great, and Damon Windelhoff is great, and um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe I you know maybe I need to rethink that. Mm-hmm. I and, think you do, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you can you can do it with a very um, very low expectations. Like Stan Lee just does one tweet a day, and it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Chris T asks, um, what advice? would you give to people who want to work in television? Uh, well, specifically that, on the production I mean, side of things. Well, if you're interested in the production side of things, I think that you need to be in a place where they're making television. So there's a couple of parts of the country, <clears throat> Los Angeles, New York. Um, there's Canada with Vancouver and Quebec. And, you know, where people are making TV shows. And if you're interested in doing that, you know, <clears throat> television is very much... It's like you get in at the ground floor and you kind of work your way up. And there's a lot of people that we've worked with on the show who have started as PAs and assistants. And most everybody starts that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's a, it's an exciting world with long hours and it's, you know, it's, excuse me, it's crazy hard, but 
it can be incredibly fulfilling too. So um, uh, I think that's always a good first step. And um, um, but it's a um, it is it is it is tough. Nobody works harder than um, a, a crew on <coughs> excuse me a crew on a television show. Yep. And Matt G um, uh, just expresses his his great thanks for this the show and. Um, what he asks, which I'm sure is on everybody's mind, is uh, is we want to follow you to your next project. Do you know <laughs> what uh, what the future is going to hold for you that way? You know what I'm working. You know, it's like right now I'm working on a couple things, and they're all in that kind of early phase where you don't want to talk about them quite yet because you're afraid that if you talk about them, something will happen. You mm-hmm. know, but um, uh, I think that uh, you know, I, I working on Chuck was an amazing experience, and I'm you know I can't wait to do it again on something else. And uh, I I think that I'm uh, you know when the, when the time comes, uh, hopefully you know like I'll be able to tell you guys and you know get you excited about whatever that new thing is. And um, I just finished up a feature script with Josh um, and his company Fake Empire, um, and. He's just finished directing his first movie, so I think that the idea of like making a movie is is, is an incredible, um, an incredible experience in its own right. So um, uh, I, you know, I I just want to right now I'm just kind of like it's been five it's been amazing for five years I've uh, lived and slept lived and slept that's stupid lived and, <laughs> lived and breathed um, uh, the the Chuck show and um, it's been kind of amazing to you know you know have a free moment to think about like those crazy grand ideas that just, you know, I didn't have time for, um, when we were working on the show. So I, uh, I can promise only that they're all outrageous. All the ideas are outrageous and I just <laughs> hope you guys enjoy them as much as, you know, as Chuck. And it's, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure to create something for everybody. Cool. We'll be able to follow you easier, Chris, if you let us know on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Nice. Okay, why don't you just send me an email address for everybody, and I'll just send out math emails. You <laughs> Dear world, here's yeah. Chris Phoenix. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of the future, you know, after the show ended, um, a, a lot of fans, I guess, didn't realize that that was it, and so there were a lot, a lot of questions. Um, how can we get the show on another network? Can we get a season six? Um, what about a movie? What about webisodes? What about comic books? What about novels? Um, I think somebody asked about a Jeffster tour. I think pretty much it was anything and everything, Chuck. What do you see happening on there? I think it's pretty obvious that a season six isn't going to happen. But, you know, at the time that we were soliciting questions, they were still really just sure that they could do that. But the fans sure, were. I, 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 because, I mean, we're right now... It's... When you work with a cast that's, that's this talented as well as a writing star, you know, when you work with a cast that's, that's this talented as well as a crew that's this talented, you know, they're immediately gobbled up by other, other television shows and other pilots. And, um, you know, so we, we knew pretty early on that, you know, that we, we can't, we can't put this team back together again in the same way for a television show. And I think, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of interesting, exciting things. I can't wait to see what Zach and Yvonne do next, you know. With Zach's new show and Yvonne making movies and um, and the rest of the cast going on to 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 do new shows, so it's like that's a that's a that's a I think that's that's a that's a great testament to Chuck is that we had such a great team that that everybody's going to go off to do something else and that's going to be neat to watch those to watch those shows. And then when it comes to the, the, the Chuck show, you never know. It's like you know it's 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 you know it's I think that we love these characters and I, I am. Uh, 
you never know what the future holds. And, um, you know, uh, you know, but I, I think that for right now, we're all going to take a big chuck nap, you know, <laughs> and, and just let, let those characters, you know, have their own lives for a little while, you know, and, um, uh, you know, every once in a while, think about them and wonder, wonder what, what's happening there. Yeah. yeah. It's now it sounds the like domain a of our friends in the fan fiction community. Yes. <laughs> oh, you probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> capable hand. I said capable hand. I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and um, did you want to? I, I know there have been a lot of questions about possible crowdfunding a movie, but mm-hmm. my my question actually for for you and I, and you did kind of just answer it about taking a Chuck nap, nap, and I totally totally get that. Like everybody wants the Chuck movie now. Um, but, but, uh, just maybe you can share from your perspective, if there were going to, if there was going to be a Chuck movie, what kind of form might that take in terms of when we might see it in terms of what you might want to do with it? I could, I couldn't even possibly imagine the, the, the complexity and parameters and, and how it would possibly in theory work. I, I think that the the you know it, 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 I so I it's, it's just it, it's, it's such a big crazy idea that you know uh, all I'll say is that you know I I love the notion of it I love the idea of our characters having further adventures that we would see on a incredibly large screen hopefully in 3D um, but you know it's it's a it, it's it's like um, it's a, it's a different business and it's a different model and um uh, I I I have, I have I'm I'm hard pressed to imagine you know just how what would need to, how what stars would need to align um to actually make that happen so I I uh, for the time being I, I have to I, I I don't know how to answer that question. Cool. Well, I think we have come to our final question and Mel, you can do the honors. Okay, this comes from Alex. And he wants to know, what do you think the legacy of Chuck is? What do you think the show will be the most remembered for? Um, what will be most remembered for? I, you know, I think, I think it'll be a couple things. I think it'll be most remembered for one, the meta story, the fact that we were a show saved by our fans over and over again. You know, I think that when it comes to incredible fan loyalty, you know, that, you know, Chuck is right up there with, you know, some of the classics. And I think that's an incredible story that, you know, Chuck is the show with the incredible fans. And I think that that's a, uh, that's an, uh, that's a testament to everybody who's been a part of the show from, you know, people who worked on it to the fans themselves. Um, I think the second part of it kind of goes back to what Josh and I wanted to do when we first started working on the show. Um, is that we wanted to make in some ways the coolest show of 1984. Hmm. <laughs> we wanted to. We wanted. We wanted to someday. Like when we were growing up, we watched TV that we loved, and we loved from from shows like Chips Patrol to A Team to Magnum PI to Quantum Leap, um, to even like little known, you know, you know, you know, the shows that people don't even think about anymore. That you know, we love those shows. And in some ways, if we made the show that, you know. You know, ten years from now or fifteen years from now, you know the 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 kids go to college or the young guys who are coming out and making movies or whatever the futuristic version of movies are. You know, 
you know, that that they in some way were influenced by our crazy ode to our to the shows that we liked. And I think that, you know, that's in some ways the you know, I guess our kind of nerd, you know, legacy. You know, it's like this is a show designed, you know, for you know, for you know, for the people who loved adventure and comedy and like everything, just all smushed into one and music all smushed into one. So um uh I think that that would be cool, you know, at some point if we were able to influence, you know, um, girls or um, young, you know, young, you know, girls and guys who, you know, who go on to do what we do. Very, very cool. Well, certainly, um, I know one part of the legacy for most Chuck fans is buying all the DVDs and rewatching them. Goodness. <laughs> and, yeah, um, because. Uh, Boy, there's there's such a just when you think of the journey of all of the characters, I mean, plugging in the pilot, and um, and and seeing where they all were at the beginning, and then looking at where they ended up at the end. I like every single character, including the the Jeff and Lester's, had such a journey through through the course of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that was that was that was um, something that we wanted to do, and it was something we were forced to do. You know that we didn't, we knew that we did, we were we were not long for the. Um, uh, for, we always thought we were going to be canceled, so we pushed our characters and we pushed our story, and um, uh, and we had a cast that could do that. Cool. Um, sorry, just answering a little message here. Um, and so. Um, I, I, I'm here. Oh, yeah, Mel's back. Okay, <laughs> we lost her for a on Skype. Um, no. So, so uh, F- Chris just shared the um, meaning of the universe. Actually, it was incredible. Oh, string, dang it. string theory, like in in twenty three words, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's like well, the, I always Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew he was smart, but yeah, years I'd miss that. Yeah, well, well, Chris, I I just want to personally. Thank you um, for honestly. I mean, this between you and and Josh. I mean, we have lived with these characters and this story for five years, and I know for a lot of people, and myself included, it has literally changed our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's and it's it's amazing to think that uh, a, a little TV show on. Uh, could even do that, and yet it has, and we've heard story upon story upon story of people who, I mean, it literally saved relationships. I mean, it brought people back from some really dark places, and uh, and really, just thank you. Well, thank you so much. That's all, that, that's amazing, and uh, speaking on behalf of Josh and myself and everybody who worked on the show, thank you guys for... You know, for for letting people in and seeing how we how we how we make the show, it was a um, uh, it was an incredible experience for us, and uh, and I think that um uh, it was so exciting that you were able to you know interview um you know so many people that usually don't get interviewed. Um, I think that, you know you you see that the we had many secret weapons on this show, and um uh, we used all of them. So uh, thank you again, and thank you for all your support. You guys are amazing. Cool. Well, Chris, uh, we've we've taken way too much of your time. Um, uh, thank you so much for, for taking all this time today and we will look for the next things you're doing make sure you do email us and, and we'll get the word out whenever you got a new project coming great thank you so much guys cool All right. Thanks, take Chris. care Chris 
OK， 拜拜 ，OK， 拜拜。If you're planning on pre-ordering Chuck Season Five on DVD or Blu-ray, or actually any of the other Chuck DVDs or Blu-rays, what better place to do it than at the podcast site? Just go to chuckpodcast.com, and right at the very top of the site, you see the little pictures of the Chuck DVDs. Click there, and it takes you to Chuckazon, a place where you can get all things Chuck. And the purchases are exactly identical to as if you had purchased purchased them from Amazon.com. So as soon as Chuck is released, you will get your season five shipped to you, and a tiny bit of that purchase will go to help support the podcast, which will help us keep bringing these episodes to you. While you're there, take a look around. There's also DVDs from the cast and crew and other projects that they've been in. There's books that might be of interest to you, like the Chuck comic book. And if you click on the Amazon.com link at the top left of Chuckazon, you can browse Amazon.com's entire site, and everything that you purchase in that same session will actually go to support the podcast. So please think of this; it would help us a lot. Thanks. And、uh, so that was our interview with with Chris Fedak, and we've gone pretty long, so we're not, not going to say too much. But、um, I just wanted to say, as I said before,、uh, this is our second last podcast. We will be having one more podcast, and that's with、um, AOL critic and, and favorite fan of the podcast, it,、uh, Mo Ryan, will be with us, and I think that's just a fitting final interview.、Mm-hmm. Um, and that will、that's- be somewhere in mid March. And、uh, and we we did say a couple podcasts ago, but I do want to remind you of where you can find us. Absolutely, ChuckPodcast dot com will stay up for at least the next three years and probably longer. ChuckTV dot net is not going anywhere,、um, and we are we're still around. We're not going to Mars. Darn it! <laughs> and、uh, and I encourage you to go back if you are planning any rewatches of of the show. We've had I think last count was a hundred and sixty three interviews. On the podcast, and so as you go back and rewatch, rewatch a lot of those interviews, and I think you're going to get a lot of great nuggets from those.、Uh, you can find them all at chuckpodcast dot com.、Uh, not all of them are on iTunes. the The first few、uh, got dropped from iTunes because they only allow us to have a hundred episodes on there. So you can get them at chuckpodcast dot com or blip dot tv slash chuckpodcast, and you can always email us mail at chuckpodcast dot com, and on Twitter. Uh, you see our Twitter handles on the podcast here visually, but at Gray Jones for me, and、uh, at Chuck TV、uh, at Chuck TV dot net for Mel, and at Pearls of Wisdom for Liz. All right, we're still <laughs> around, you guys. I get emails every now and then.、Yeah. Does this email still work? It does. <laughs> it, we're still does. here. And a real treat. And and you know、uh, we haven't actually done this,、uh, but. Um, we we actually talked a little bit with Chris before the podcast, and I asked his permission to include that discussion. We we had a little fun discussion about Volkov and and about Timothy Dalton and a couple other other things. So、uh, we're going to leave you with that, and we want to thank you so much for being with us through the last five years or almost. And、yeah. uh, do join us for the last podcast with Mo Ryan.、Uh, make sure you do check out、uh, Tim Jones's podcast. Not everybody had a chance to check that one out yet. That was our previous one. But、uh, thanks for、uh, staying with us so long and supporting us in every way.
And thank you for all of your great questions for Chris. <laughs> yes. I mean, we could have we could have had a five hour podcast if we could had, had the time. An eight hour podcast. Had the, yeah, I mean, you guys had some really good questions. I hope we got a pretty good survey of what you wanted to know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just encourage you to keep an eye on checktv.net because we will, of course, as soon as he can say what he's working on, we'll be trumpeting that for for you guys to um, to check out too. So, um, and of course, again, thanks to Chris for taking the time yeah. to chat with us. Cool. So uh, until next time, see ya. Right. Bye. Bye bye. How's everybody doing? Are we doing fine? Uh, doing great. Yeah. Uh, well, fantastic. I, fantastic. I, I'm sure you can relate to, um, I mean, Chuck was incredibly fun, but in a lot of ways, we all kind of need a break, too. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And think about the next thing. I think that I'm, uh, you know, it was, it was, I mean, just, you know, it was the best ride in the world. I had the best job. And the uh, it's 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 uh, it's nice to, to feel like it's done. And, mm. I'm, uh, and, I'm, uh, and I think that... Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's it's, it's great. It's great. We were, we were all so happy. Yeah, yeah, and I'm uh, excited to be back with William Shatner. That's always cool. No, it's, that's the coolest thing in the world, man. It's fantastic. Yeah, I know, I know. It's 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 just it's so. I, I'm sure you can relate with the the cool guest stars you had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just as much as you're in the industry, just working with guys that you watched on TV as a kid, like yeah, it's so cool. so old. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of, it's kind of like the um, uh, I mean. You guys are tough. Shatner is amazing. He's always like one of the like you know kind of legends. That yeah, we make. you know, great to work with. I think that you know for us, Timothy Dalton and Scott Bakula were were certainly like you know we had to kind of like check a little bit of like that kid at the door so you could be a professional. But, um, <laughs> it was, it was, um, uh, what you didn't was, jump up and down and squeal? Come on, Chris, be honest. You have to wait till he leaves. You have to wait until he leaves the room. You got to be cool. Play cool. You got to play cool. Um, no, Dalton was fantastic. I mean, when, when Timothy came in for the first time, like, um, uh, Josh and I were ecstatic. You know, this was Timothy Dalton coming in and, um, uh, and, uh, he did not disappoint. I mean, he had all the energy and charisma of Bond in that meeting. I was, uh, I was, um, uh, we were, when he, when he left, we were flabbergasted with how cool he still was. Yeah. Okay. I got to ask, did you guys quiz him on any Bond trivia? You know, it's we, funny. Had- we did, we, ta- we talked about Bond quite a bit. Um, cause like in some ways, you know, for Timothy and I think that it was, it was, it was, it was something that we wanted to stay away from too, is that we didn't want to do Bond, you right. know, cause it, 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 there was a lot of pitfalls to having Tim come in and work on a spy show because he had done Bond already and he'd done it already so well. So for us, we spent a lot of time kind of talking about how the show would be different mm. and how the, 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 the character of, um, of Volkov and Hartley would be different from stuff he had done in the past. And that was, a, that was a big thing that was very important to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, uh, it was, it, it just, it, 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 from the get go, from the very earliest conversations, we were kind of, you know, focusing in on, on doing something different. Wow. Well, and I think that really worked. Um, yeah, it did. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. The, uh, what, what was it? The, the tiny weapon standoff. And the- <laughs> That's so funny. <sighs> Oh, episode yeah. seven of that season, yeah, the um, introduction of of uh, of, uh, of Timothy's character and the Volkov reveal and the tiny weapon standoff and the and the jet plane is one of my favorite episodes. It's one yeah. of my favorite episodes. Looking at the entire run of the season, and uh, I remember um, uh, Josh and I we were looking at the dailies, and Barbara was cutting that episode, 
and we went in there because we were kind of like, this is it, you know, let's go, let's go see how this is turning out. Because we had seen, um, you know, we had seen, um, you know, Timothy's take on, you know, the, the more affable, you know, the, the, the Hartley side of the character. Mm-hmm. And, um, we wanted to see what the reveal would be, what, what it would be like when he, um, uh, when he turned. So the moment Volkov, I'm sorry, the moment Barber, who also I mistake for Volkov on a regular basis, <laughs> when the moment Barber had the cut ready, we were like, you know, just that scene, you know, tell us. We want to come in and, you know, just take a look at it early. And so, um, uh, he had the scene and he, um, uh, excuse me, he, um, uh, he, uh, he showed it to us. And I remember when Tim comes out in the Volkov suit, you know, with the gun at his side, and he walks up to Chuck, and he smacks him in the head and knocks him out. Mm. And it was literally like we screamed with joy. <laughs> you know, it was so cool. Like, there he is. You know, there he is being the bad guy. That, you know, we always wanted to do. Because, like, you know, in the first couple seasons of the show, we really did, like, the nefarious, secretive bad guy organizations. Mm-hmm. But we knew at some point we really wanted to do a heavy, like, a true bad guy. And so Volkov was our, um, uh, was our, um, uh, was our, was our big bad. Very cool. 